Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. For those of you who've listened before to any of my previous episodes, I want to thank you for coming back again. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm so glad that you've decided to take a listen. I can only imagine how busy you are, especially now. And I truly, truly, truly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into my show. Don't forget that while you can find this podcast at ayankonthefooty.podbean.com, you could also find it on your favorite podcast provider. After you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving me a review. It lets me know what I need to work on and what I'm doing well. I've had some great reviews recently, and I truly appreciate it. I'd also appreciate it if you'd consider sharing a link to the show with your friends, whether they're fans of footy or not. And don't forget that you can also reach me at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com, as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on, and on Facebook and Instagram at ayankonthefooty. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a day, a week, in which we should be excited. We are on the precipice of a historic footy season. Footy's back. The March season's over. And footy's back. Maybe. The coronavirus has brought most of the world to a standstill. Now, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, in my real job, I work as a high school teacher at a high school in Ohio, and I teach government as well as a college-level human geography course. And on Thursday, the governor of my state, Ohio declared a state of emergency because of the coronavirus, and he ordered that all schools in the state be closed for three weeks. Schools are closed for three weeks, and this is all part of that uh, wanting to flatten the curve, if you will, to not overstress hospitals and that type of thing. Now, we're at a point right now where we are one of 19 states in the United States that have closed our schools, okay, in that attempt, as I said, to flatten out the curve. Um, in my district where I teach, we have approximately 10 more weeks of school before the school year is over. And this three-week moratorium is going to take us to a point where after these three weeks were up, we would be coming back where we would have four days of school before we went on our annual spring break, which is a Saturday through Sunday right around Easter time. So about a 10 or 11-day break. So we would have four days back at school before we went on this break again. I don't know what's going to happen regarding that. I don't think anybody can predict what's going to go on with regards to this virus and whether it spreads, whether it stops, whether it gets contained. None of us really know. Fortunately, I was able to meet with my students one last time before they were sequestered away at home, if you will. And as I told my students on Friday, I said, we were very fortunate to have that one last day to get with, get with you to talk to you. So we were able to talk about what we were going to be doing going forward. Now, my fellow teachers and I, we have meetings with our administrators on Monday, and we're going to go over what expectations they have for us with regards to teaching things online. You know, something that many of us do already. A lot of us have most of our assignments already online. Fortunately, we're in a situation in our school district where most of the kids, once they hit about age 11 or 12, once they are in the, I believe, fifth grade, all the way through their 12th grade year, which is the final year, uh, have a Chromebook laptop that they're able to take home with them. So they have the opportunity to do work online. Now, 
there are some kids, and we have you know kids in all sorts of different socioeconomic levels. Some kids don't have access to the internet at home, so we are also creating hotspots for them, so they have the ability to have a hotspot at their house to do schoolwork while they're home during this period of time. If that hotspot's going to continue at home, I don't know. That's something that I'm sure will get dealt with later on down the road. Um, but one of the things that I found rather interesting is that I saw that a uh, couple of the different podcast hosting sites were offering opportunities for teachers to use their service for free to set up a podcast to communicate with their students. Now, we have the ability to record things, and there are different types of programs where we could actually record on uh, GarageBand or doing like a screencast where you could actually record your image on the screen while you're talking about things. And I just looked at this as possibly being another option. And it's one where yeah, I'm comfortable doing this now. And I thought this would work for me. So I suggested it to uh, some of the administrators in our other buildings in my school district. And they've said, hey, this sounds like a great idea. So on Monday, I'm going to be doing a little workshop to try to help some teachers who've not done this before create their own little simple podcast so their kids can actually hear their voices. You know, you've got kids who are five, six, seven years old. This is a totally new situation for them. And just being able to hear the reassuring voice of their teacher while they're at home, while they're told they're not allowed to be at school, might be something that works out for them. Now, as I said before, almost 40% of the states in our country have shut down. They've shut down their schools. Many universities have shut down. They've literally sent the kids home and said, guess what? You're going to be doing distance learning on your computer. Get out of here. Go home, finish out the semester that way, come back and see us next year. And I get it. I understand it. Initially, I'm thinking to myself when we're first hearing about this, this really isn't that big of a deal. Why are we doing this? And as the more I started digging into it, because I've been busy working on things related to my podcast, I hadn't been paying a whole lot of attention to what was going on with this virus. But I think that uh, it's probably a good decision. And I wonder what's happening with schools in Australia, because if I'm not mistaken, the students there just went back to school fairly recently. I remember seeing some photos of the back-to-school pictures, that type, of some of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook. Um, but it is, uh, it is a, a strange time that we are in right now. And unfortunately, we have far too many people out there that are shopping like complete jackasses. And they, we have to be willing to look out for one another. Okay, we got to make sure that our fellow community members are all right. We have to look out for our very young, our elderly people as well. Um, my mom and my uncle own a house together. It's a long story. My uncle was married to my dad's sister, and my father, my dad, and my aunt both passed away within a few months of each other in 2001. And my mom and my uncle are... They, you might as well call them married, as they like to say, and my mom's going to listen to this and she'll probably be mad at me, but they like to say that they're living in sin. Sorry about that, Mom. But uh, my mom will be 78 years old this year. My uncle is in his early 80s, and they live just about a 10-minute drive from me. And I am doing my best to make sure that I am going to stay in touch with them but I don't want to put them at risk 
in case I have possibly contracted something for one of my students. I see 700 students in my building every day. So I don't know who may or may not have been ill, and I don't want to, to cause them any ill will by doing anything that, would, uh, that could possibly hurt them. So again, Mom, I'm sorry that I'm going to make you mad by mentioning that, but that's, you know, that's just show business, I guess. But I don't know if this news made it over to Australia, but here in the United States, um, we've had a lot of instances of price gouging, especially for items that are considered to be necessities or things that you just have to have during a time period where people are saying, wash your hands, sanitize things, that type of thing. And in the state of Tennessee, which is, a, this is about a, an eight-hour drive from where I am, um, right after the first uh, coronavirus fatality was announced about a week ago here in the United States, uh, there was a guy, and I'm going to use that guy, I'm going to call him a jackass. Um, he drove around all over the state of Tennessee, and he bought, he was buying up, I think it was he and his brother actually, buying up every last bottle of hand sanitizer, every last jug of disinfectant wipes that you can use to kill germs on flat surfaces, tables, that type of thing. And his plan was to sell these products on Amazon in like his own little Amazon store at highly inflated prices. He was trying to gouge people. Okay, well, this jerk posted his store on Amazon but their algorithms obviously caught on with what was going on, and they told him to rack off. Now, he is stuck with, and if you haven't seen the pictures, it's worth finding on Twitter. He is stuck with almost 18,000 bottles of sanitizer and these disinfectant wipes. His garage at his house is full. He can't put his shovel away. He's got so much stuff in his garage. And they shut him down. They're not letting him sell there. Now, I have seen on eBay some postings where people are selling large packs of toilet paper at extraordinarily inflated prices. I hope eBay catches on with that as well and tries to crack down on the uh, the price gouging as well. Okay, my hope is that this guy realizes, you know what? I was being a jackass. And uh, I've learned my lesson here. I'm going to donate this stuff to the Salvation Army, to the Red Cross, to whomever it may be, to distribute this stuff to people who actually need it. As many of you did uh, did see, and I, I saw these as well, and many of you posted these videos uh, online, I, you know, the handful of videos of people fighting for toilet paper at Woolworths, and uh, I don't know if it was at Bunnings Warehouse or not, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm gonna have to call it start calling it Dunny Paper. I just I like calling I like that name. I like Dunny Paper better, okay? Uh, but I saw these videos in Australia of these people fighting over toilet paper. And I thought, well, that's 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 sad. Because here in the United States, we usually save that for what we call Black Friday, which is that we have a holiday here in uh November called Thanksgiving. And it's kind of a celebratory day where we kind of look back fondly on the relationship between the the colonists who came over from England and their first uh, their first winter, they had a, they sh you know shared a meal with the Native Americans who were living here and and kind of worked cooperatively a little bit. Of course, we didn't always work that way with them. One might argue we still don't. And that's on a Thursday. It's usually like the third Thursday in November every year. And then the next day is the official first shopping day of the Christmas season. And people go bats not crazy 
rushing into stores to go buy televisions at discount prices and this type of thing. And, and I've never gone to Black Friday. It, I refuse to do so. I may shop online, but I'm not going to go fight over something like that that I can get later on. Now, the television that's sitting immediately to my left, um, about 18 inches away from me, my son went out about four years ago and got this one at uh, a, actually not a Black Friday. It was on the night of Thanksgiving. So companies here have become so thoughtful of their employees that they've decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and open up our stores at eight or nine o'clock on Thanksgiving night, that time where you're supposed to be fellowshipping with your family. Screw it. Let's go fight each other for a television set instead. Um, but back to the, the Dunny paper. I've seen these. I've seen these uh, these videos online, and you know, the same thing is now happening here. We're masters of this. We've become really good at this. And in fact, you know, we're clearing out that we're clearing out that the, the Dunny paper. There you go. I'm I'm now using that. I'm not using TP anymore. We're clearing out all the bread, the milk. The eggs, most of the canned goods. I even saw an article today where somebody was being, you know, shunned or frowned upon for buying out a store's entire supply of baby formula because he was upset because they had run out of milk. That guy's a jerk. I'm sorry. And one of our biggest grocery chains in the United States announced today that they're going to be cutting off, I believe, three hours of the time that their store is open to just give their employees a chance to breathe and restock the shelves. I mean, this Corona thing is bad, but I'd hate to see what it's going to be like when it gets really bad. I hope that doesn't happen. Now that's enough about my job. Yeah, I'm going to be working with my kids online for the next three weeks, at least maybe more. I hope not. I hope I'm able to get back to school and finish out the year. Um, but that's enough about my job and that's enough about, uh, some of the idiots out there in the world, whether those idiots be in the United States or the Dunny paper idiots in Australia. I saw a couple videos of people who are being quarantined in their homes in Italy who are standing on their balconies singing with one another. That's the kind of thing that we need to be doing. Okay. That's the, that's what needs to be happening instead of the, uh, these fights. We've got to look out for each other. Look out for our fellow man. Now, Sports, as we know it here in the United States, is quickly becoming non-existent. Here in the United States, Major League Baseball has shut down. Spring training, as they call it, is over. And spring training normally begins in early February and runs through about the third week of March, allowing the players to train, to build up their arm strength, that sort of thing, to practice hitting. They play practice games, that sort of thing, in Arizona and in Florida where it's warm and they've shut down the season and the hope was that they might be able to get the season back up and running by May. But I've been reading that it sounds like now they may not get the games going until June sometime in mid June. So they might end up losing about 40% of their entire season because they play a 162 game season in baseball here. It's a huge season. So we shall see if this gets going again. Yeah, we're in uncharted waters, as I'll talk about here in a few minutes. The NBA, the National Hockey League have both postponed games as well. With their playoffs set to begin in a couple of weeks, who knows what's going to happen? You had a couple of players from the Utah Jazz 
uh, test positive. Um, that's the same club, if you're not sure, that uh, Joe Inglis plays for. Um, along with just tonight, they announced that a player from Detroit had tested positive as well. Now, the, the league has not said anything yet as far as what's going to happen with the playoffs. Or are they just going to scrap the season? Again, they're in the dark just as much as you and I are. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if this uh, virus is going to mutate. We don't know if this virus is going to get wrapped up because everybody's staying at home. It's going to allow it to die off. Are we going to get enough vaccines in place? We don't know what's happening with it. The Masters Golf Tournament, one of the big four, one of the the four majors, if you will, has been postponed. Now, they're still hoping to play it sometime this year. But if you're a golf fan, you realize there's a, there's a different tournament every weekend. And there's different tournaments in different parts of the world. There's a European tour. There's There are tournaments in Australia. There are tournaments here in the States. And are they going to be able to just come along and, and kick one of those other tournaments out of their spot and plug theirs in? Maybe because it is the Masters, because it's, it's arguably the golf tournament. Now, I, I lived in Augusta, Georgia, where the Masters has played for several years. And this is a uh, this is a game or an event which is a huge economic boom for that community. People rent out their houses for a week, kind of like the the Airbnb thing. But this was I lived there back in the late '80s, and this was well before Airbnb. And people would rent out their house for ten thousand dollars for a week. They they'd get their mortgage payments for their house for that one week. They'd go on vacation. And have their mortgage payments for the entire year paid off. It it was it was tremendous for for those folks. Plus, you got out of town and you avoided all of the traffic. Now, just this year, the uh, gentleman that runs the WWE wrestling, Vince McMahon, regenerated what was known as the XFL, a new football league. Here, he had one about a dozen years ago or so, and it lasted one season. It didn't go very well. There was very a lot of gimmicky stuff to it. You know, the, instead of the players having the, their names on the backs of their jerseys, they were allowed to put their nicknames and that sort of thing on there. Um, they've canceled the rest of their season. Now they did announce that they're going to pay their um, players for the rest of the season, and they're not being paid a huge sum of money. But they're not, you know. But they are going to get paid for the rest of the scheduled season that they had. And just uh, today, it was reported that three of the players for the Seattle team—and I don't know their name—I haven't watched any of the games—that three of the Seattle players had tested positive for Corona. And Seattle has been interesting because they've been very hard hit. Um, you've had a lot of influx of people coming in from. From China there, there's a significant homeless population in China, or excuse me, in Washington State and specifically in Seattle as well. And that may be making it more difficult to work at isolating people and to test to see who's positive and who's not positive. Okay, so it's a it's a very fluid situation. But all of these things that are happening in the United States are they're terrible harbingers for what I'm thrilled about and what you're thrilled about. And that's the AFL and the fact that the AFL has in, has in fact decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and try to play our games. And arguably, I'm being selfish here, arguably I'm thrilled that they've made that decision because I want to watch some footy. I can't wait until Thursday and get up early on Thursday. I think it's, yeah, I'll get up early Thursday morning to watch 
Richmond and Carlton. I think it's a 425 in the morning start here. And you can bet your butt I'm going to be out of bed watching it. Cup of coffee in my hand, ready to go. And as soon as the game's done, I'll get online and start working with my students online. So it's going to be a, uh, it, it's, there's an opportunity for it to be a, an exciting season. You know, you, you're, you've got a, a situation here where Richmond could possibly going, be going for their third premiership in four years. You know, and I'm going to mention and get into my, uh, my latter predictions here at the end of this podcast, but uh, that could definitely happen with them. Um, but, you know, I, I cannot imagine the mixed emotions that those of you living in Australia are having. Because if you're listening to this, you're very likely a lifelong fan of this game. Or hopefully you're somebody that's come along to the game new that's decided to jump on board. And if that's the case, that's fantastic as well. I love the fact that that's happening because that's kind of the goal of this. But most of you are probably fans your entire lives. You've been wearing those colors forever, okay? You have these mixed emotions. I know that, you know, some of you... Like I said, I'm sure you're the ones that are thrilled to go to the games, you know, and you want the games to go on regardless. But a lot of you, yeah, I know you're you've got your favorite seat at the MCG or at I'm going to call it Cardinia Park. You 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 look at the roof at Marvel Stadium and thinking to yourself, I wonder if it would be helpful to my team if it was open today. You walk up to Optus Stadium and realize just how beautiful that park is. Now I've not been there, but I've seen pictures of it. It's a beautiful stadium. Okay, you're celebrating the 150th anniversary of your club, and they put the prison bars back on the uniforms if you're a Port fan. Brisbane has had some great success this past year, and it's whetted the appetite of their fan base and got people excited. Folks are excited about that. And let's be honest here, folks. Quite frankly, after having watched, and I I did watch both of Gold Coast's uh, Mars Series contests, there's a lot of reasons to be excited in Queensland because of them. I think that they're, they've got an opportunity to certainly move out of the 18th spot this year. It could certainly happen. But the AFL is in a tough situation, okay? And I know there are a lot of you that want to be at the games. If I was living there, I would want to be at the games. And I am so sorry that you're not able to be there. It sucks. I hope this gets wrapped up as soon as possible they find the vaccine whatever the case may be and the gates fly open I hope that you're able to be in your seats in games in round five and six that type of thing or sooner if possible okay I can't think of any other way to describe it but to say it sucks that this is going on you know I read this afternoon that the NRL has decided to also follow suit and they're going to try to play their games without fans and you know, I got a preview of this today. I happened to look on one of the websites online and I saw a UFC fight. Well, I saw about 15 seconds of a UFC fight where somebody got knocked out and there was nobody in the arena where the fight was going on. It was just the sound of the punches and the sound of the fighter who won the fight at the end sounding as though he was getting his leg amputated the way he was screaming. It was a, it was a, an excited scream, but it did not sound like a happy scream in that empty situation okay now i don't know what's going to happen as far as watching the games there okay i know that fox footy carries many of the games i think channel seven does carry some of the games as well i'm not really all that well versed in terms of how the games are disseminated across the country 
Okay, I don't know. I I I know the size of the country. I, I get the the sheer width of it. It's it's very it's comparable to the United States. It's a long flight from the east coast to the west coast or back and forth. I understand that completely. So I don't you know if a game is being played between say Brisbane and somebody in in Melbourne, is that game going to be broadcast in in Perth? Are they going to be able to watch it in Adelaide? Are they going to be able to watch it in Sydney for 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 that matter, I don't know how that's going to work. Okay, hopefully, the AFL is going to figure out a way that since they're not letting fans in the games, they're going to have all of the games on television. Whether that means preempting other programs on their other channels in order to carry all of the games, uh, that sort of thing happens here every once in a while where, where a program gets preempted or it gets, you know, we're not going to show this episode of, I don't know, Criminal Minds. But later that night, that channel would carry that, that episode of Criminal Minds at, say, 2 o'clock in the morning. So if you wanted to set your DVR or something like that or your TiVo in order to watch it later on, you could do so. Hopefully they're going to figure something out to let you see the games because if they don't, I think that's an absolute travesty. Okay. We are in uncharted territory here. We're on uncharted waters. I told my students this on Friday. I said, I've been teaching for 26 years. And fortunately, we've never had to deal with anything like this before. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that the clubs are able to play some semblance of a full season. I really do. It'd be very unfortunate if the season was shut down. But, you know, we have to realize, you know, again, as much as it pains me to say it and as much as it's going to pain you to hear it, we got to realize that, that keeping people safe and keeping people healthy is far more important than the game. I hate to say that. I mean, my, I don't hate to say it, but it, it, it hurts to say it. But I realize that keeping somebody alive is more important than watching the Cats play in my case, or watching Hawthorne play or watching the Crows play, whatever the case may be. Okay. It's, we're in a very unfortunate situation here and I, I don't know where this is going to go. Okay. I don't know where this is going to go. Um, hopefully things get resolved. Hopefully countries are working cooperatively with, cooperatively with one another to try to ensure that the best information is getting out there. That if a country comes up with a solution, that they share it with one another to try to resolve this. I hope that happens. Now, that's enough doom and gloom. I wanted to take a couple of minutes here and, and run through my ladder predictions before I wrap up this episode. I definitely wanted to get the ladder predictions out before the season started. And hope that the season happens. Okay? I hope that's the case. Now... I'm, I went through the, the, the squiggle thing and I, I went through all 198 games. I didn't just list them. And I, I threw in a couple of upsets here and there where I thought they could possibly happen. And I'm going to run through my ladder from 18 all the way up to number one. Okay. Now I have two teams finishing at 17 and 18. And I just wrote them down at the order that they came here. I did not write the percentages down. Uh, but I think the percentages were very close. But I had Adelaide finishing at number 18 and getting the, the wooden spoon this year. They're rebuilding. They ship out a lot of players. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of work to do to become a, 
a, a good club again. That certainly can happen. It's going to happen, but it's not going to be this year, I don't think. I think Melbourne is going to come in at number 17. Okay. I had both of them, and this is why I give you my email address. You can tell me where you think I'm wrong on my ladder predictions. I have both of them finishing the year at 3 and 19. Those are pretty ugly seasons, okay? I have Fremantle coming in at number 16, at 6 and 16. I have St. Kilda also at 6 and 16, at number 15 on the ladder. At number 14, I have one of the teams that was in the top eight, taking a little bit of a slide. Well, this is a significant slide. I have Essendon finishing at 14, with a record of 7 and 15. And the Swans at number 13 with a record of 7 and 15 as well. Now here's the surprise, and I could be flat out wrong about this because last year they started out very well and they slid and they slid and they lost a bunch of games at the end of the season. But I think the the worm is starting to turn. I really think that Gold Coast is starting to figure things out. And I think this might be the year where they begin to make a step. The league has done so much, you can argue too much, to help make that team relevant because the league made that investment in that club. And if I'm not mistaken, and please let me know, from what I have read and what I've heard, doesn't the league actually own the Suns? I thought that's what I had read before, that the league actually holds a controlling interest in the Suns. So if that's the case, they definitely want to see them be relevant, be successful. They don't want them to collapse. Um, I don't think they want to lose a foothold in Queensland. I think they want that team to survive, to thrive there, to help gain a larger foothold in that state. So... I actually have Gold Coast finishing 12th on the ladder this year with a record of 8-14, the same record as North Melbourne at the 11th spot at 8-14. and 14. I've got Carlton moving up quite a few wins, or a few wins, actually. They, had a, they started to have some pretty decent success towards the end of the year uh, last year, but I have them at 10-12 and 12 at the 10th spot. I have Port Adelaide at 11-11, at the ninth spot. Okay, so there's there are my 10 teams that are not in my top eight. Okay, so at, from the bottom up, Adelaide, Melbourne, Fremantle, St. Kilda, Essendon, Sydney, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Carlton, and Port Adelaide. Now here are my top eight. All right, and I have the top eight all having fairly successful years. Now, I think that the number eight team is going to have a little bit of a slide back this year because I, I wish that Chris Fagan could coach any team that I was a fan of. I don't, I don't care if he knows the game or not. Just watching him and the way he interacts with people and his passion is wonderful to watch. But I have, I have Brisbane as my number eight team with a record of 14 and 8. I have Hawthorne getting back into the top eight in the number seven position at 15 and seven. GWS is my number six team also with a record of 15 and seven. I have West Coast at number five with a record of 16 and six. I've got the Magpies 
at number four with a record of 16 and six. There you go, Nick. I've got him in the top four for you. I've got Richmond at number three with a record of 17 and five. And then the top two spots, the percentage, I think, was very close. And again, with that squiggle thing when you're predicting scores, it's very arbitrary. You're going to have scores of games that are going to be very widespread, you know, blowouts, if you will. Okay. But I've got Western coming in at number two at a record of 18 and four. And I've got Geelong as my top team as 18 and four as well. Now, I know some of you right now are laughing. Some of you are screaming at me and you may even be considering turning off your phone right now. Please don't do that. Hear me out on this. Okay. Yes, I'm a cat supporter. Okay. I think this is their last hurrah for a year or so. You have some older players that they're relying on this year. Harry Taylor probably playing his last season. Gary Ablett, I would be shocked if this is not his last year. Joel Selwood hasn't made it out into a game situation yet. He's been dealing with some issues. Is he going to be healthy this year? Tom Hawkins is getting up there in age. Patrick Dangerfield is banged up all the time, but he manages to finish the game somehow. But I really think this is going to be their last hurrah. I think they've got a decent shot at winning the premiership this year. Okay? I really do. Do I think they're going to win it? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But I think that they may win enough games to finish up at the top of the ladder and win the minor premiership. I don't know if they're going to win the actual premiership. I sure hope so. But I don't know if they're going to or not. Because while I've got Richmond finishing a game behind them, I believe on my um, on my ladder that I created, the percentage that Richmond had was several points higher than Geelong's. I just had them losing one more one more game away from the MCG. But I think that there's, you know, I think there's a distinct possibility that Richmond repeats again this year, okay? I'm not going to pr- give you my predictions as far as who wins out, you know, who goes back in for the second chance, that type of thing. I'm just going to go through the ladder here, okay? I'm not going to tell you who I think wins. I know who I want to win. Of course, I would love to see Geelong win. I would love to see Gary Ablett carried off on on a couple of players' shoulders. I would love to see Harry Taylor get carried off on a couple of people's shoulders and head off into retirement as champions. I would love to see that happen. Now, one of the reasons why I'm 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 thinking positive things about the Cats is that I think yes, we lost Tim Kelly. That's a huge loss. But I really think that Jack Steven is going to make a, a significant help there. I think Quentin Narco is going to take a step forward this year. I think that Brian Myers is going to become a huge goal scorer for this team. Okay? And I think Savaradagalia is the X factor for this team. I think that if he takes a leap forward, he could become unstoppable. I think that might be a replacement for Tom Hawkins right there in another year or two. Radagalia could be the guy that steps in and is kicking 50 goals a year for the Cats. 
if they can find a ruck and keep him out of the ruck, which it sounds like they may be playing him there some. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But that's my ladder. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm right. Okay. I have no idea if I'm right or not. Maybe I'm being a homer. But I don't think so. I'm just trying my best to uh, come up with what I think is uh, the best possible solution there. And like I said, I think Geelong's going to finish on top. I don't necessarily think they're going to win it. But I sure hope they do. Okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's my ladder prediction. I'm going to stick to it. You can come back and tell me at the end of the season, which is hopefully in September and October, that I was brilliant or that I was a friggin' wanker. You can tell me that. I Tell me. I don't care. Don't tell me that now, though. But Okay, I guess if you want to. As long as you're communicating with me, that's okay, I guess. Now, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I honestly, I cannot tell you how fortunate that I feel that you tune in and listen to this show. It's extraordinarily humbling especially with what's going on right now. If you're listening to to this episode, I thank you because there are so many things that are happening. I'm glad that you chose my show to be a 40-minute respite for you, an opportunity to step away from the real world that's going on out there and step into some, hopefully, some fun entertainment. Okay? I used the term dunny paper today. Me. I picked up a slang term. Okay. I'm pretty thrilled about that. But again, if you're enjoying my podcast, I hope you'll consider sharing it with a friend of yours or several friends. Let's be honest. Many of us are going to be isolated right now. We're sequestered away. We're not supposed to be going out interacting with people. Share my podcast with your friends. They might enjoy it. I hope they would. Okay. Again, you can find links to my show and my show notes on my uh, on my site, okay? You can find my show by looking for Yank on the Footy on any of your favorite search engines, okay? And don't forget that you can find all the episodes from my show on a yankatthefooty.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast providers, I'd mentioned. And again, I would hope you're going to give me a, a review if you'd be so kind, and hopefully you'll consider sharing it with your friends. You can reach me at a yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. Also, before I finish up, I want to thank Joseph McDade for the use of two pieces of his music. He creates some great music. I'm using elevation and backplate. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com slash music. Mr. McDade, again, thanks for your hard work and your wonderful music. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you again for listening. Because while many of us are fans of our teams, deep down we're fans of the game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. Now, we are certainly at a strange point in the recent history of mankind, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you and your family stay safe and that you are able to take the proper measures to help protect yourself against this virus. Be tolerant of one another. Be kind to one another. And if the media in Australia is anything like the media here in the United States... Listen to the medical and scientific experts. They don't have an agenda. They want to end this and help us all get back to living our lives the way we we choose to do so. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. And I ask you to consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick 
never hit the post. I'll catch you later. been episode 13 of a yank on the footy don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on twitter and at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and you can also find me on instagram and facebook at a yank on the footy again thanks for listening and please consider sharing the podcast with your family and friends goodbye